Morning. Well, yesterday evening, me and Frank had the opportunity to drive. You've heard the old saying that you're so far out in the country they had to pipe the sunlight in. We was 10 miles further than that. We was driving to that little church, and we got there, and we said, we don't even think we passed a house to get here. We was at Gum Pond Baptist Church in Lumberton, Mississippi. Y'all ever been there? It's a real place. We had a lot of fun and uh, presented the gospel, and the dogs got out and got to do it. And Anyway, we had a good day yesterday evening, and it was just a good reminder, you know, of how blessed we are and even how blessed they are because the young guy, I say young, he's 38, he's younger than me, this pastor, and I taught in Sunday school when he was in ninth and 10th grade. And so it's, this is a young guy that, that, you know, my fingerprint was God used in his life, and now to see him as a, a pastor, you know. And he went there in January, there was 20 people, and now they're up to 40, and we had over 80 at the event last night. So I think that was huge, you know, and, and just to be able to go minister up there. And so but we had fun, but it was a long evening. We left at 2.15 and got home about 10.30 last night. But, um, you know, Donnie mentioned... And Frank mentioned, you know, this morning we were supposed to have a special guest on stage with me. And she'll be here next week. Her name's Catherine Arnold. But Friday evening, her son um, works for Baton Rouge Water, got in a really bad accident. And so she called and told me about it. She said, but we're still good Sunday. I'm still going to be there because she's like me. She's a forever optimist. And so even yesterday morning, she said, they're, they're, or Friday night, she said, they're going to do surgery on his arm. Um, Saturday morning, so Sunday I'll be able to come. And then yesterday morning, about eight thirty, she texted me. She said they moved the surgery to ten fifteen Sunday. I can't be there. I said it's all right. God's got a plan, you know. And so uh, he 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 likes to interrupt our lives and redirect us and get us where he wants us to be. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Galatians, Galatians six, Second Corinthians five. So your bulletin's not right because God interrupted our lives yesterday morning. And redirected. So Galatians 6, 2 Corinthians 5. You know, while you're turning there, you know, we've been over the last several weeks talking about back porch Sundays, you know, and the, the fun that used to happen on the back porch. And, you know, sometimes there was hurts and sometimes there was, you know, things that happened. And for the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about just the scars that's happened on back porches. Because I think all of us in some way or other carry scars in our lives from things that's happened. You know, some of us has physical scars. You can look on my hands, and my hands and my arms are scarred up, but that was self-inflicted. That's from whenever I used to, to hunt a lot, and I'd run through the briars without thinking about it, you know, and you just wipe the blood off and keep going. So I have scars. And so we, a lot of us have physical scars and stuff like that. But then there's a lot of us, we have scars on our hearts, you know, and, and there's things that's happened in our lives. And, and I think the staff, you know, I could say if, if you stood all four of us up here and if you could pull our hearts out physically and put them in a glass jar, you would see the marks of things that happened to our lives because we're, we're, we're no different. And God has used those scars to shape where we're at today. And so that's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. But I run across this story about scars, and, and uh, I'll just read it to you. And it was a little boy in Florida, in South Florida, decided to go for um, a swim in a pond back behind his house. So he took off running, didn't have on his shoes or socks or anything, and run, and he dove into the pond and, and was swimming. And, and about time he was swimming out towards the middle, his mom was standing in the back, and her 
at the kitchen and was looking out the window, and she saw an alligator swimming towards him. So she ran out, and she started screaming. And so when the little boy heard her in his panic, he turned to come back. Well, the alligator, about time he got to the pier where his mom had run out to, the alligator got there at the same time. And the story goes on that the mom grabbed his arms and was pulling him, and the alligator grabbed and was pulling him, and it was a tug-of-war with his body, literally. But because of her passion to save her son, she wouldn't let go. And so about the time all this was going on, a man was passing on the road, heard the screams, jumped out of his truck and run, and he shot the alligator. And so um, they got him to the hospital, and his legs was mangled from the alligator's teeth. And a reporter came to do a story on on what had happened, you know, and as the little boy was pulled the covers up and was showing his legs to the reporter, the little boy couldn't help but notice that the reporter noticed his arms was scarred really bad too. And he looked, and, and when the little boy saw him looking, you know, he looked at him. He said, I have great scars on my arms too. I have them because my mom wouldn't let go. You know, what a story of passion. What a story, you know, that that tells us. But what I want to tell you this morning is that we have scars on us because God wouldn't let go of us. And he fights for us and he's passionate about us. And we're scarred up some ourselves because of God holding on and saying, I'm not going to let sin rip you apart. I'm not going to let things of life rip you apart. And I'm holding on to you. And so some of those scars that we have have stories on our heart that we need to share to the world. And we need to tell people. Last night when we was at Gum Pond and, and, and you know, and, I know about what I'm going to say, but a lot of times I'll judge what the pastor says about the group that's going to be there to know exactly how I want to close. And as I closed last night, you know, just sharing about some of the scars that happened in my life and decisions that I made and how it affected my family, there was an older gentleman that whenever we got there, and, and it really, I'll be honest, it made me nervous because he was a professional dog trainer his whole life. And I'm thinking, this man's about to judge me and my inability with my dogs right now, you know. But he sat and was intrigued the whole presentation. And as I got to the end and had, the dogs was done and I was just sharing my story, afterwards he sat and had tears in his eyes and he said, my story is your story with how I neglected my family because of my passions. And... I thought, how cool is this? Because what I was scared he was going to be judging, God used them very dogs that was his life, you know, to show him how big God was. And that's our God. And that's our God. And that's why I tell you, when our God holds on to us and he don't want to let go, if you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians 6. We'll start in verse 14. Galatians 6, verse 14. It says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I, I, I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. And from now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning, Father, just to say that we love you. Father, and as we hear those words from Paul, Father, and Father, we think about our lives 
Father, show us the healing that's taken place. Father, the healing that might be taking place even as we speak this morning. Father, let us give you the glory for the scars that we have and the stories that they tell. Father, we love you. In son's name I pray. Amen. I love to whitewater raft. You know, if I could pick a vacation just for me, I'd go whitewater rafting. I love it. Snow skiing's too much work. You know, hiking ain't going to happen. Not built for it. But whitewater rafting, I can do. I can sit in a boat, and I can paddle like my life depended on it. You know, and one of the times we was rafting, they were selling T-shirts, and I had one of the T-shirts years ago, and it says, Scars Have Better Stories. You know, yesterday afternoon, as I was actually thinking about the whitewater rafting in that T-shirt, I got a text from my, my brother right under me, my middle brother, Scott, and his youngest son was whitewater rafting, and he literally looks like he's got baseball stitches on his knee from coming out of the boat. So he's going to have a story to tell one day about that rafting experience because star, scars do have stories, you know. And right here, this, this is what Paul's talking about leading up to this. You know, he, when he's writing to the people of Galatia, this is a church Paul started. And where he's at right now, he's real concerned because the pastors that come behind him, they had started, they drifted away from the gospel. And all of a sudden, they was preaching things that wasn't of God. And they was conforming to the people of that time. And that's where Paul went in. And Paul was basically, and he was telling them, look, it's not about you. And it's not about what you want. I bear the scars of Jesus. I bear his scars. And I think in our lives, that's what we need to look at, you know, because Paul's trying to refocus the church back then. And I believe that God needs to use our scars to refocus our lives today so that he can get, what he, where, get us where he wants us to be. Does that make sense? You know, so whenever you start looking, you know, Paul, you know, whenever you read this and you study the life of Paul, Paul didn't run and hide. Paul suffered beatings. He suffered stonings. He suffered being in prison and all those things for Christ, you know. But even us, you know, we might not have scars of an alligator, scars of stonings, but we have scars of things that have happened. I mean, and let's just get real, and I, I don't want people to share, but, you know, this morning, what would be some of the scars that you could say that's happened in your life? Have you ever been betrayed by a friend? Have you ever had a friend hurt you? Have you ever had to walk through a divorce or walk through the loss of a child or a, a mother or a father or a family member? Those are scars. You know, have you ever had to walk through the loss of a job? Have you ever had to walk through and we could leave that thing blank and all of us could fill that blank in and say, you know something, this happened to me. You know, in a scar, what a scar is, is whenever it's healing, it's not a scar yet. Our body has a unique way of healing. You know, if I get cut, it might take me a little bit longer because I have diabetes, but if I get cut, I heal. My body heals, that, and it turns it into a scar, right? Well, it's the same way with God. When things cut our heart and things cut us down deep inside that nobody can see, our God will heal it, and he'll turn it into a scar that we can use to tell people later about. You know, for years I was part of a, a, a study that we did in the high schools, um, and it was called the landing. And the whole premise of the landing was we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. You know, we all in our lives, you think about it, we've all been hurt, we all have habits, and we all have these hang-ups. 
and the whole whenever you get into that study because people and this is a lie a lie a lie people say time heals time don't heal only God heals and so you know when you get these scars that's God has healed you and he's the process that wound goes through is him working in your life to get you to where you need to be for some of us we need to release you know we need to release so that those wounds will heal you know, and that's where Paul was at. You know, and when you start looking, you know, scars, when you think about scars, scars are a sign that we can heal. You know, scars are a sign, you know, broken glass or bicycle scrapes or things like this. And, you know, as I was yesterday morning, as I would come up here and I was praying and started prepping for today, you know, back whenever I was a little boy and, you know, my daughter panicked over this one day, we, a while back, we was watching on TV I didn't have car seats when I was a little boy. You didn't wear, you didn't ride, you didn't ride a seatbelt when I was a little boy. And I have a scar under my eye from riding with my grandfather. And I was in his truck and see a lot of some of y'all is going to remember these, some of you not. The 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 way you used to turn your air conditioner, you heat on your truck. Remember, it was a slide. It wasn't a button. It wasn't a soft touch or dial. It was a slide. Remember, and they had silver knobs on them to cover up the metal that come out. It was literally a rod that would come out. Well, his was missing that cap. And so he hit the brake, threw his arm over, but guess what? He missed. And my eye hit. And so I was I don't remember this. It didn't scar me. He literally put a physical scar. It didn't scar me for life. I didn't hate my grandpa. You know, he didn't get put in jail because I wasn't in a car seat or a seat belt or anything like that. But you know what? I had a scar from that. And so when you start looking at lives, we all have different kind of scars and things like that. That scar healed. You don't see blood running down my face today. You know, you don't see anything gaped open. It healed. And so, you know, scars are a sign that we can heal. You know, scars are a sign that we have experience. You know, seldom do you ever see a baby born without scars, right? I mean, I mean, a baby don't have scars when it's born. Their skin's perfect. And then women spend millions of dollars a year to have a baby face. Don't y'all? You know, me, you don't see me and Donnie spending money to get our face perfect. We just cover it with hair, you know. But everybody wants that perfect baby face, you know, and things like that. You know, but scars are a sign that we have experience. You know, there's times that we do things in life that we self-inflict. You know, the, the, the time I hit the dash, I had no control over that. But then when I was in first grade and I was standing behind a little girl named Leslie at the pencil sharpener, I like to aggravate. I know that's going to surprise some of you, but I like to aggravate. I was standing behind her first grade, pulling her ponytail, telling her to hurry up. And she turned around and went, whop. I got a blue dot in my head right now that's a pencil lid that's been in there since I was in first grade. You know? I learned my lesson. My scars, I have experienced now that you duck. You don't quit pulling a ponytail. That's beside the point. You just duck when they come around with the pencil. That way you miss it. You know, so scars are a sign that we have experience. Scars are also a witness, you know, because I can tell people, I can look at this scar on my hand and say, you know something, this is how this happened. You know, this thumb is kind of not straight across. It's got an indention, and I did that whenever... I was a little boy, and, and we was trying to modify our toys, and we was cutting the, the pegs that held the wheels on on our little four-wheel drive trucks, and we would take matches and heat them and make them. So we was jacking them up ourselves, and I cut 
and split my thumb all the way down like that. So, you know, they have stories. They have experience and they have things. And so you're thinking, how does that relate to where we're at today and where we're going for the next few weeks? Some of our scars can't be seen. You know, turn to Galatians. Turn to Galatians um, chapter 6. I mean, Galatians, yeah, not Galatians, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to start in verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. You know, when you start looking, we have scars that can't be seen. You know, Paul had scars. All of us have scars on our body, but the scars that are inside is the ones that we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who, is, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that, we, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, and when you read that, you know, that's God telling us, you know, I'm going to make you new. I'm going to fix you. But all you have to do is we have to love him. You know, whenever we look up and, and we come to God and we say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, I want to become your follower. God, I know that you sent your son to die for me. At that point, that's what he's telling us. He's telling us, he said, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. Those wounds that we have, those scars that we have, I can use those scars. In Romans, it tells us that he'll use all things for good. The things that happen in our life might be so that we can sit down. Just like yesterday, whenever I was standing in Lumberton, Mississippi, at a little church in the middle of nowhere, and I told my story about how I let my dogs come before me and my family, and my dogs come before me and God, there was a man sitting right there that needed to hear that scar. He needed to hear that story. The things that we walk through in life, God will use them because there's people that have our story that needs to hear of God's healing. There's people that have our story that needs to know that God has grabbed onto them and he's holding onto them and he wants them to make it. But sometimes we need to hear that from somebody else. And that's what this is talking about. And I think right here, this verse is so clear because we get all confused because you know, all of a sudden, we do it. We do it. We, people will walk in. We'll see people at Walmart, or we'll walk to a football game. We'll see somebody, and we'll say, ooh, they were something in school, wasn't they? Won't they? We'll do it. You know, we immediately, we'll judge them in our mind. We'll say, man, that person did this, or that person hurt me, or that person did this. How dare them walk in my church today? You know, how dare them sit next to me and worship with me today? But what's the Scripture saying? And said, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. It don't say that he gave us the ministry of judgment. 
It don't say that he gave us the ministry to remember how we've been hurt. It don't say that he gave us the ministry to tell them that they can't come to the same God that we had reconcile us. It tells us he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Is that easy? No. I'm just being honest. If somebody does you wrong, it's hard to say, look them in the eye and say, I forgive you. Am I right? You know, it's hard to look at somebody that's wronged us. It's hard to do that, but God tells us, I've gave you the ministry of reconciliation. Today, this is what I need you to do. There's a guy in the Bible named Thomas. And what happened to Thomas? Jesus died. And he said, I'll only believe it's you if I can touch your scars. And what happened? He touched Jesus' scars where them nails went through his hands. He touched that scar on his side where the spear went through. And what happened? He touched and he believed it was Jesus. There's people that are going to believe in Jesus because of our scars. They're going to believe in Jesus because they're going to look at us and say, you know something? If your God can heal you, then maybe he can heal me too. And it gives us that opportunity to meet that person where they're at. It gives us the opportunity. There's people sitting in here today that need to hear our stories. There's people in here today that needs to hear how God's touched us and how God's loved us and how God has fought for us and not give up on us. You know, they need to hear that. You know, yesterday morning as I was getting ready, I was just, when I was praying, God just brought back to me that probably um, 18, 20 years ago, there was a, a guy, and I would, I would tell you, we was good friends. We hunted together a couple of nights a week. We traded dogs together for years. And he died tragically. And I can remember walking in and hugging his children that were little and hugging his wife because I knew him. I knew him. I'd live life with him. And I can remember standing at that casket and looking in that casket and thinking, God, I don't know that I ever told him about you. God, I can remember talking about this dog and that dog and how we needed to train more and do more. But God, I don't know that I ever told him about you. I don't know that he saw you in my life. I know he knew I went to church, but I never talked about you with him. And I can remember standing there and just telling God, God, I will never do this again. I don't assume anything about anybody. If I get to hang around you long enough, you're going to hear my story. You're going to hear about my God. You're going to hear about my scars. You're going to hear about my healing. And my scars are not the same as everybody else's scars. There's some sitting in here this morning saying, you don't understand what's happened to me. No, I don't. But my God does. And my God's fighting for you. And my God wants to heal you. And my God wants to restore you. And he wants to reconcile with you. And he wants to use that. But are we going to be willing to let God do that? You know, this morning when you start looking, are we going to be willing to let God do that? Because some of us, we still have those wounds. I know this is going to sound nasty, but some of us, we pick them scabs off so that it can't heal. And we keep it, 
and we fool with it and we fool with it. So it won't heal. And some of us, we do that with the things in our heart. We keep our fingers pushed in it. And we keep maybe hatred. Or we keep bitterness. We keep unforgiveness. And we keep that stuff inside our heart. And we won't let God heal it. Because we have to learn how to let go. And let God be God. And let God heal us. And let that wound turn to a scar. That shows that we've been healed. And so this morning, you know, where are you at? When you start thinking about those things, you know, your scars have stories. Are you willing to tell people about it? Are you going to be like that little boy where you can pull it up and, you know, you can see, look at the scars on my legs from what Satan has done. Look at the scars on my legs for what sin's done. But look at these scars on my arm. Look what God's done. God has fought for me. He has held on to me. He has not let the Satan win. He has not let the devil win. He has not let the world win. He has not let these people beat me. He has fought for me. And when we get to that point, that world is going to be different. This world is going to be radically different when we can sit and talk about our scars and we can let God be God and we can have that ministry of reconciliation that he's talking about that we're willing to sit with people and not judge them, but love them and point them to God. 